Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right. How you doing, everyone? I'm Russ Salzberg, and you certainly know the deal by now. So I want you all to listen up here and get a load of this. It is indeed a super time for football and its fans because, hey, Super Bowl 58 is coming up next Sunday. However, things aren't so super in the world of college basketball. At least that's what St. John's head coach Rick Pitino is bellyaching about, poor Ricky. So like I said, I want you all to listen up and get a load of this. Oh, look, I I was going to spend the entire day today talking about uh, the Super Bowl, but this Patino business has me irked, so I'll get into that. But in fairness, first things first, we got to talk about the upcoming Super Bowl, Super Bowl 58. And I think, you know, there's paralysis by analysis. You know, that's a famous saying in golf. You know, people... Lately, you get paralyzed because you're analyzing and overanalyzing your golf swing. And, and anybody who's played golf understands what I'm talking about. But having said that, you know, between now and game time, people are going to analyze and overanalyze and underanalyze and sideways and frontways and backwards and forwards. Look, you got two really good football teams. Uh, to me, as I'm talking to you, it's a coin flip. It really is. I mean, I can see the game going either way. The odds makers have uh, the 49ers two points, you know, favored by two over the Chiefs. Look, I mean, to me, if if it would have been the Chiefs the other way, it would have made sense too. To me, it's an even-steven deal. But when I say there can be analysis by paralysis, I I, I genuinely mean that because— you know, to me, you have two really good football teams. Not one, two. And and not one is clear-cut above the other. They are two very, very good football teams. You know, you have one, there's some great storylines, some wonderful storylines. You have one in the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, and Patrick Mahomes, their quarterback, you know, is he the new goat? Is he the new greatest of all time? Is he the heir apparent to um, Tom Brady? You know, all those things come into play. You know, the Chiefs are in their fourth Super Bowl, playing in their fourth Super Bowl in five years. They're looking to win their third Super Bowl in four years. I mean, come on. That's a great story, great storyline. Mahomes is all at 28 years old. So, you know, that's a great story. On the flip side, you have Brock Purdy, the quarterback of the Niners. The guy, and you've heard me say this before, this Mr. Irrelevant Nonsense because you're the last man picked in the draft uh, two two seasons ago, uh, whatever. This is the second year. So when he was picked two, three seasons ago, like... They call that person Mr. Irrelevant, and I've said this before, I'll say it again. That's the dumbest name for any draft pick. I I, I don't, I mean, it's just stupid. 
You know, th- there are guys that have never been drafted, for, let alone the last pick, and they're in a the Hall of Fame. There are guys that have been drafted with great quarterbacks. Kurt Warner, Hall of Fame winner, Kurt Warner. Tony Romo, who's now a broadcaster, undrafted. So, so I mean, and this business of calling Brock Purdy just a game manager. You know, he's a game manager as long as he doesn't make mistakes. Brock Purdy is more than a game manager. He's a quarterback in the National Football League, and if you ask me, he's a damn good quarterback. You know, for, for a young man who's in his second season, man, he's better than good. He happens to be the real deal. Now, I'm not putting him in Mahomes' class. And he doesn't have to try to be Mahomes. He's not going head-to-head against Mahomes. He's going head-to-head against the Chiefs' defense, who, by the way, was excellent last time they played against the Baltimore Ravens, as we all know. But let's look at this game and, and try and look at it from a, a reasonable standpoint. And, and that's why I say you can have analysis, you can have paralysis by over-analysis. And, and I don't think this game is so hard to figure out. I mean, I'm, I'm not a defensive coordinator and I'm not an offensive coordinator. I'm, ju- I'm just looking at the basic things in front of me. And, and to me, what's very basic to me for the 49ers what the 49ers can't do in this game, and they're listed as the favorites, as I said, albeit two-point favorites. The 49ers can't do what they did in their two previous games. They can't do what they did in the division uh, final, and they can't do what they did in the conference final. They can't be falling from behind. If, if you fall for, uh, behind against the Chiefs, you're looking for trouble. I'll use that old cliche because if the Chiefs have you in trouble, like in an alley fight, you're fighting somebody, you got your foot on their Adam's apple, the Chiefs are going to step down hard. Chiefs are going to step down hard. So so to me, that's the biggest thing Look, we don't, we never know about injuries, so you know, not figuring out. But if you're talking just about the game itself, you know, the pack, uh, excuse me, the 49ers against the Packers, you know, they had they fell behind 13-7 and then 21. They were down 21-14 after three quarters. Now that's not insurmountable, but you don't want to be down 21-14 to. Um, after three quarters to the Kansas City Chiefs, okay? And then against the Lions, you know, they had themselves a, a situation. You, you can't fall behind against the Lions, 14 nothing, 21-7, 24-7. You can't do that. Not against the Chiefs. That you can't do. Because that'll bite you right on the keister. That you can't do. 
So what they have to do is just play sound, sound football, which they did pretty much the entire season. You know, they started out 5-0. and Then they had that stumble period in October where they lost three games in a row. They ended up going 12-5. and Very impressive. Very, very impressive. Uh, they have not looked like world beaters in the playoffs thus far. But while they haven't looked like world beaters in the playoffs, the one thing that they did show, and that's something that you can't teach, they showed guts, they showed resiliency. They showed that they were able to come back. So that they did. They, they were able to come back and, and listen, they were, I'm taking nothing away from the Packers or the Lions, but they were able to come back, the Niners were, without playing their best. So t- to me, uh, you know, that's from a Niners standpoint. The Niners have to get out of the gate and they can't get out of the gate slow. You know, uh, it, it, it's a situation where, look, look, they're playing in Las Vegas, okay? So it's not a home crowd, but it, it, it's Vegas and it's the Super Bowl. The other thing you can't do, you can't allow the game, the Super Bowl, and you've heard this say said a million times before, I'll say it again, you can't allow the moment to get too big. If you allow the moment to get too big, it will strangle you. You have to treat it like you can say to me, well, Russ, how do you treat it just like another game? That's what you have to do. I say that about sports all the time. You know, that's what makes athletes, professional athletes, so good at what they do. The ability to shake off a problem, and come right back. You hear me say it in baseball all the time. I mean, if you make out seven out of ten times, you're a terrific major league hitter. So you got to be able to shake things off. You drop a pass, you got to be able to shake things off. If you let a man beat you, you have to be able to shake things off. That goes for, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about both teams now, the Niners and the Chiefs. You have to be able to bounce back. Now, on defense, if I'm the Niners, hey, it ain't no secret here. What the Niners have to do, what am I going to tell you, folks? You you know, everybody can say, well, they got to control or or slow down Patrick Mahomes. Well, that's a given. If that's given A, well, as if that's given number one, then given number one A has to be you have to be able to control Travis Kelsey. I'm not going to say shut down Kelsey because that's not going to happen, but you have to limit him. I mean, Kelsey, you know, against the Ravens, he caught 11 passes for 116 yards and a touchdown. In the game before against the Bills, 
he caught five passes for 75 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, we're talking about a first ballot Hall of Famer, a great ball player. You know, all this business with, with Taylor Swift is all fine and dandy, and it's very nice, and, and it makes for, you know, nice paid six and, and, and Hollywood reporter kind of stuff. But make no mistake about it, Travis Kelsey is all football when he's on the gridiron. He, his concentration is 100%. So if I am the Niners, that's, that's why I'm saying it, it. Don't get paralyzed by analyzing. I mean, I really believe you got to keep this one simple. You have to control. When I say control, I mean limit to a point their two best players, and that's Mahomes and that's Kelsey. That's what you have to do. And if they can do that, which is always a big if, if they can do that, I think they can be successful. Now, from a Chiefs vantage point, you know, the the Chiefs, not only do they have the pedigree, and not only do they know what it's like to be there because they've been there, they have great players at key positions. They have, as as I say, the Chiefs have the, fab, the fabulous quarterback, fabulous tight end, a spectacular running back, a McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, uh, spectacular uh, receiver. Uh, they have their own great tight end in Kittles. So, so this is Kittle. It, it, this this is a very very, you know, the matchups are are very very interesting. But you know, when I talk about also resiliency, in December they they went through a period in December. Losing the Chiefs did losing four to six games. They lost four out of six games before winning their last two to finish at 11-6. and six. So they did their own stumbling. And may, maybe that's a reason why they're, you know, when people say they were doubters. I mean, if you want to be a doubter, listen, on any given day you can win, you can lose. We know that. We certainly know that. You could certainly remember when my New York Giants were facing those undefeated. Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, Randy Moss, undefeated New England Patriots. And you know what happened there? So so this business, and, and now we're talking about two teams very evenly. I mean, one is a two-point favorite. So there's not too much to analyze or overanalyze. If I'm the teams here, I'm keeping it simple. I, I do my job. If I'm the head coaches, if I'm the coordinators, guys, we're here. The reason we're here, because we've all been able to adjust and we've all been able and been good at doing our jobs. Ain't no reason to switch now. Do your jobs. 
do your jobs. I mean, if, if I, if, really, if I'm the coach on either side, that's what I'm saying. Do your jobs, and we'll see if we can come out on top. But I will say this. They're talking about Patrick Holmes. You know, if he wins, then it, you know, it, it puts a stamp on his legacy. Then he is indeed the new GOAT, the new greatest of all time. And what happens if he loses? You're going to tell me a guy who led his team to four Super Bowls in five years, who's trying to win his third and fourth years, if he comes up short, you're going to say, uh, so-so. And as far as Purdy goes, Brock Purdy on the other side for the Niners, if he wins, oh, they're going to say, yes, he is the real deal. And I say baloney to that. Because win or lose, Brock Purdy has showed me in two years, yes, he's the real deal. Now, when you win a Super Bowl, that always polishes up your star. But Brock Purdy is the real deal, whether he wins or loses. And right now, Patrick Mahomes is the GOAT, regardless of whether he wins or loses. All right? Now, that said, now I'm going to go on to... What really got me irked, this, you know, Patino, after his team lost yesterday, uh, St. John's lost to um, top-rated uh, rank UConn, uh, he was complaining about the current situation in college basketball. He was complaining about NIL, name, image, likeness, and you've heard me complain about that time and time again here. He says, we can't build build programs because everybody leaves. Okay. You can't build programs before everybody leaves. He brought back only two players from the previous year, Patino did. He brought in six who were fifth-year players. He's got to replace them. He only had two players from the previous regime, two Stay. He told everybody to, you know, go find someplace else to play. He brought in everybody new. And you know why he was doing that? Because I remember him clearly saying, clearly saying, he was chirping big time that with NIL, it, he could, he'd be able to turn St. John's around quickly. Oh. But now he doesn't like it. Now he's complaining, saying that the his his Patino NCAA enforcement staffs should be disbanded, not because I dislike them, but because they're of no value at all. See, he's complaining because if you can't move or you can move, if somebody's not allowed to do this or do that, they're going to sue. And what's this all about? This is all about money, 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 money. And this is what all what Rick Pitino was all hotsy totsy about when he took over. That with NIL, I'm going to be able to raise money and we can bring in players. So look at that. All of a sudden, the pot's calling a kettle black. All of a sudden, Rick Pitino is upset. Rick Pitino took over St. John's with NIL in mind. Front and center. I'm going to be able to bring in this guy. I'm going to be able to bring in that guy. What the hell was he trying to do? He brought in six 
fifth-year players. You don't build a program that way. You don't build a program that way. Well, when you bring in six, five-year, fifth-year players, what are you doing? You know what you're looking for? You're looking for a quick fix. That's what the hell you're looking for. Yeah, money and NIL is killing everything. I, I'll agree with Patino on that. But don't, Gricky, I, I could complain. You, the fans, can complain. But Patino, he embraced it. So don't complain about it, Pally. You don't want enforcement staffers? All of a sudden, you know, Mr. Holier Than Now. He, do, he doesn't want, uh, you know, he's complaining about name, image, likeness. Listen. You folks, you folks have heard me say in the past how I felt players, and I'm, I don't want to get deep, deep again into it, heard me say how players uh, should have been paid. But I was talking about maybe 10000 20000 so so a kid can fly home, fly back, have his mom and dad come in or whatever. I'm, I wasn't talking about millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, Patino's complaining that it's now free agency. Where, where's his quote? Where's his other quote here? Yeah, how's this, folks? Let me read it to you. It's free agency, and now I think what's going to happen is they're going to say everybody can transfer, and then if they don't like it, they're going to take them to court. I think the NCAA enforcement staff should be disbanded. Again, not because I dislike them, but because they're no value at all. This is the same guy who wrapped his arms around it when he took over because he was looking for a quick fix. Listen, I'm telling you what's wrong with, with NCAA basketball. It's no secret. These coaches today, you, you, how do you have relationships with kids? See, he was trying to buy kids. That's what Pitino did, so now he's complaining about it? He brought kids to St. John's, buying them to come. So, really, how do you have a relationship with kids who you have, when you have no idea, I mean, if, if I'm a coach, I'm going to recruit somebody. I have no idea uh, player A or player B or player C, I don't know how long they're going to stay at my college. I don't know how long they're going to stay and play for me. Are they going to hang around for one year? Are they going to hang around for a couple are going to hang around for three. Maybe they'll hang around for four. Or maybe they're going to play f f for four schools in four years. That's what's going on with this transfer portal and NIL. Now, players don't owe you a damn thing. You owe them. Did something go off in Patino's head? Boing. This is a problem. He he wasn't chirping like it was a problem when he took over St. John's. He he was going, making speaking engagements, bragging how I'm I'm speaking here, I'm speaking there, so because I'm raising money for 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 nil and 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 our funding. Come on, don't talk to the public like like the public is stupid, Rick. Yeah, I'm not getting into any of his transgressions in the past. I I've beaten that into the ground. Enough of that. But he thinks he thinks he could, you know, sell anybody anything. It doesn't work that way, my friend.
Play, play, you know, th- that's what's wrong with the college game now. If a kid's not happy, he leaves. If I'm not going to be the starter this year, I'm leaving. That in itself is bad because that's a message that that young people can't deal with adversity. It's, it's like we, we used to talk about the kids. It's my bat and ball when you're playing in the street back in the day. If I don't like it, I'm taking my bat and ball and going home. That's what's going on in college sports today. In particular, basketball and football. I mean, I mean, you know, what's going on in the world of football, college football is insane. People just switch day to day. It's a joke. But Patino embraced, Patino embraced NIL and the thought process behind it when he took over St. John's and now he's belly aching about it, that is a load of crap. Sorry, Ricky. Too bad. Tough. Deal with it. You liked it, so like it the way it is because you embraced it before. So stop complaining. And that, my friends, is a wrap on today's Get a Load of This. Now I'd like to get a load of you. Let me know your thoughts on today's podcast. You can do so on Twitter at Russ Salzberg. You can do it on Facebook. You can also check out my website at russsalzberg.com. Got to thank my home here at believe.com because, as I tell you all the time, Believe is the number one podcast network for professionals. But above all, got to thank you, the fans out there, because without you, the fans out there, I'd have nobody in here to be talking to. And again, got to remind everybody, uh, if you haven't done so already, please do so and tell your friends and family to do the same. Download the Yes app, because I'm part of the Yes network, so you download the Yes app, and you can always see my get a load of this video version of the podcast, which usually is a little bit different. New one comes out every Tuesday of each week. That's get a load of this on the Yes app. But until then, as I said, it's a wrap. So it's bye-bye, so long, and farewell. Talk to you nice people next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.